Welcome to America's Independent Voice Podcast. Everyone has a story and life experiences that when shared can be a benefit to others. Join us for conversations about the things that affect our families, communities, and nation. Hey folks, my name is J.C. Owens. I am your host, so let's get started with today's conversation. Hey folks, welcome back. For those of you listening in other countries, for those of you that are listening in our country here, the USA, we're going to talk a little bit about in the news. I try to stay away from the news. I don't turn on any of your mainstream news, but I do try to read as much online, trying to find accuracy and facts. I was listening to some podcasts this morning that others are doing. And I find there's some great information. Podcasts are so fantastic because it's a way to deliver messages to people that are driving in their cars or sitting at home with a little free time on their hands. So I love podcasting, but I'm reading an article about comedian Bill Maher delivered a stinging message for liberals on his HBO show Friday night, explaining the lesson of Afghanistan. Now, from what I understand about Bill Maher, I don't know if he should be giving any lessons on anything having to do with politics or social economics, but this is something he said is that actual oppression does not for the most part exist in America, despite claims from progressives. And that I 100% agree with. So I don't know if he's switching sides and starting to play for the home team or not, Robert, but I think we have talked about some of his comments in the past where he's pretty anti-American. Wouldn't you agree? I wholeheartedly agree. And for some reason, he's decided that he's going to be more American, which, thank goodness, you would hope one of these comedians would be. I think that's a very accurate statement. You can go through America and you will see in big cities some of the most recent stuff that we're seeing. And this started back during the Obama administration. I did really see it prior to that. We've always had what we call our hobos in this country. Most of those will tell you that that's a chosen lifestyle that they actually willfully choose. But now go into any city, small town in America, and you find these people that are just standing around holding signs and boy, they're creative with them. Car ran out of gas. They even go out and buy the gas can used as a prop. One that I caught down at a gas station, a gal stand there and she's just holding this swaddling wrap in her arms. I thought, wow, if she's swinging a baby that hard, she's going to give it brain damage. And I actually walked over to her and I was going to say, ma'am, you shouldn't be swinging your baby so sporadically back and forth. That's not how you rock a baby. But as I walked up, I realized that she wasn't holding a baby. She had a stuffed animal wrapped in cloth, but all the people that were giving her money thought that she was holding a baby. And when I called her out on it, wow, did she get foul-mouthed and almost go in attack mode, telling me it was none of my effing business and I should mind my own effing business and I should get the H-E double toothpick away from her. It is her prerogative to do as she chooses. This is a free country. Free country part, I could not argue over. But standing there pretending that you have a baby with a sign saying you're trying to buy your baby food, that's not acceptable. That's called theft. Back in the day, they used to have this thing called theft by deception. And that would mean that if you took money from somebody in a nefarious manner because you weren't being truthful, 
It's almost like selling somebody a product that doesn't exist. I don't see any difference. And I don't know, I guess law enforcement's got to the point where they don't feel like fighting against all the progressive thought processes, maybe the progressive judges that why should you prosecute somebody? They're just standing there in the corner. They're not harming anybody. But frankly, I think they're bringing down our communities. I think they're stealing from people. I think that they're making it so it's very difficult to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are because let's face it, you, I, most folks do not mind helping somebody. You see somebody that needs help, you're going to help them. You see somebody that needs food, you're going to see if you can assist in providing them food. We're a very kind society, but after you get taken advantage of for so long, now the people that really need it aren't getting it because the people that don't need it are pretending that they need it. Pretty much sum it up. Uh, yeah, I agree. I know over there in Salt Lake City, where you're from, there's a lot of resources for folks that are in need. Tell us about some of those that you know about. The LDS Church, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has a pretty extensive network of secondhand stores, of food distribution locations. They help out in the community consistently. In fact, they send food and clothing to victims of natural disasters. Of I believe they've even sent some food and clothing over to the people coming out of Afghanistan, but they're just constantly trying to help people. There's also the Salvation Army. There's a lot of free clinics downtown to look at people that need medical assistance. So there's a lot of options for people here. There's a new housing that they just built two years ago that houses about two to 300 men that are homeless. They stay there for the night and then they have to go out and look for work and those types of things. But uh, there are lots of resources here in Salt Lake. I think that we've made huge allowances to help people that are in need. And it wasn't that way when I was a kid. As you know, I don't come from money and well, come from poverty. And I remember when our cabinets were empty, they were empty. Back in the day, we used to stand in line and collect government cheese, powdered milk, and powdered eggs and rice. The cheese was excellent. You always look forward to getting your allotment of cheese. As for powdered eggs and powdered milk, it got you through, but it was nothing to write home about. Today they have WIC, they have housing programs where it's based upon if you don't have any income, you get free housing. If you have a little bit of income, they give you subsidized housing. One of the things that I've seen in a lot of those projects is that they end up going downhill very quickly. Have you noticed that? I haven't had a lot of experience with that. I do have a couple friends that are on the waiting list for subsidized housing. Uh, they, they don't make a lot of money. They work in manufacturing. And so their uh, rent is based upon their income. I think the average right now is about six to $700 a month for a one bedroom apartment. In some areas of the country, you can actually get a decent apartment for six to 700 now. I know that there's a lot of cities and stuff around the country that folks are actually living in their cars because the housing has gotten so out of control price-wise that even working full-time jobs, they're not able to afford that. And that's a different problem altogether. They've destroyed the value of a dollar with the federal minimum wage. If you want to make it $20, make it $20. You make it one over, make it $50 an hour. It doesn't matter because that's all going to equate back to how much you're going to spend on goods. So if you raise the minimum wage, 
to $15 an hour. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of folks making more money, but the folks that are supplying our goods are going to just adjust their pricing so that it, you go down and it's going to cost you $15 for the hamburger. That's how the minimum wage works. So doctoring the minimum wage has never fixed anything for anybody. It's just driven up the cost and it's devalued the dollar. I remember this is 20 years ago. We used to talk about the value of a dollar. The value of a dollar plays a great part in what you're able to buy. And most folks are not taught about the value of a dollar. They don't teach that stuff in school anymore. And because of that, when everybody that isn't making a lot of money, they hear, oh, we're going to have a $15 an hour minimum wage. They're all for it. They're going to vote for that person that is offering that because in their minds, that's going to better their life. But they're not being told that it's going to cost you that much more for your food and everything else that you consume. And so that that raise is not going to do you any good. That game has been going on for years. My father used to talk about that back in the 70s. And back then, minimum wage was a couple dollars. But I remember as a kid, we used to go, we didn't get out much to eat. Once in a while, we'd get treated. And maybe once a month, my folks had a little extra money. We'd go to this place called Big T Burger. It was in Pennsylvania. And you could get five burgers for a buck. How's that? How big were the burgers? They were big, like full-size burgers with all the condiments and everything on them. Wow. Yeah, five burgers for a buck. It was crazy. I look back now and man, they were great burgers. And that was like going out to a fair for us. But no, we live in the greatest country in the world. And I don't care what anybody says. We do have our problems. Do you know what our problem is in this country, Robert? What's that? There's two problems. One problem is that we have these despicable con artists, criminal politicians that spend millions and now even billions to get into an office that doesn't pay that much. So you automatically know that they're getting in there to steal money. That's the number one problem. And that's been the problem throughout history of this country is politicians that are just working to destroy this country. And it's only for their own greed and their own purposes. They're all self-serving and they're just literally blatant criminals. But the other problem is a lack of education in this country. At one point, we were the number one country in the world for education. Now we're so far down the list. We've talked about that in a podcast. But the reason that they would like to destroy the education system in this country and use the unions to do it, and they've been doing a good job of it, common core and all kinds of stupidity. But the reason for that is because it's really easy to take advantage of non-educated people. Because all you have to do is throw out sound bites and they jump all over it, like the minimum wage. All you have to do is hold a free biscuit up. They're all jumping for it. There's a portion of the population that lives like that. I think we were talking about this this morning in a phone call that you and I had, but I listened to a really good speaker. His philosophy is that you have this tribal mentality. And I'm not talking about any race or any continent, but the tribal mentality is that about 95% of any population group will end up in the same place by about 65, okay? The 95% that end up in the same place here in the United States, they end up broke by the time they're 65 and in debt. Because when you're 65 and you're in debt, technically, aren't you broke? So if 95% of the population ends up broke, why? It's because they have tribal mentality. They're all doing what the guy next to them is doing. And they haven't decided to do something different or step out of the fray 
a lot of that's just because of peer pressure. They don't want to be separated from the herd. And that's something that goes back thousands and thousands of years. You have 95% of the folks that will be broke by the time they're 65. You have 4% that will actually do quite well. They're not going to be the billionaires, but they'll do quite well. And then you have 1% that actually, so one out of that hundred will turn into a wealthy person. The only difference is that one person that becomes very wealthy and the four that actually become well off, they do something different than the other 95%. Does that make sense? And so if you really want to do something today, teach your kids to be free thinkers. Teach them not to be afraid to stand up for what they believe in and the directions that they want to go in. As you know, my thoughts on the education system, I think that is completely bass backwards, is what I call it. We're taking kids who have not even really had a chance to get out and drive their cars much. And we're trying to ask them to determine what they want to do in their future and determine what school they want to go to and what their field of study is going to be. And for some reason, when it's all said and done, 80% of them never even get to work in the field that they actually train for. That kind of tells us that the system's broken, doesn't it? We have all these free goodies that you can get if you're homeless or if you're helpless or whatever the case may be. But we have all these people sitting on the streets. A whole bunch of them are collecting checks of some sort from some entity. You know that. Sure. But they find that they can catch a little extra cash out there in the streets. When I was a kid, nobody would stand on the street corner with a sign. Oh, my Lord. I couldn't even imagine. As an adult, I couldn't imagine it. But as a kid, we didn't beg for nothing. We didn't have anything. But we wouldn't beg for it. We were brought up that it's just life. You deal with it. You live with it but you don't let anybody know what you're dealing with. There was a sense of pride back then. I still think there's a lot of folks that have that. I just think that we're raising an entire generation and now multiple generations of individuals that aren't willing to stand up on their own two feet because they'd rather stand there with their hand out. Do you know, I was talking to my son about this the other day. I said, what's the difference between that gentleman right there? There was a guy pushing a shopping cart around. Man, this thing was loaded to the gills. You've seen those guys, right? And gals. Yeah. They steal a shopping cart. They turn it into their home or their vehicle. They have it loaded. Some of them stacked five, six foot high. They're pushing that thing through a parking lot. Now, this guy was talking on a cell phone and smoking a cigarette at the same time. And I said to my son, I said, do you know the difference between you and I and that gentleman right there is? And he says that he needs help. And I said, does he look like he needs help? And he says, he could use a change of clothes. I said, aside from that, does he look like he needs help? Does he look like he's helpless? I said, I don't know what that cart weighs, but I guarantee you, every one of us has pushed a shopping cart through a store where you throw a couple uh, cases of water on the shopping cart. And how difficult it is to push that shopping cart? Very difficult, depending on the quality of the shopping cart. Yeah. You can't get the wheels to spin in the right direction. It's challenging. And we're full grown men and I'm fairly stout. And you look over at this guy that is pushing the shopping cart up and down hills through parking lots. And you know that he has that thing loaded to the gills. He's pushing way more than that shopping cart should be having in it. So how non-capable of working is he on a physical level? He's very capable. How non-capable is he on working on a mental level? I don't know. He's smoking a cigarette. He's talking on a cell phone. He must have some skills, but he chooses to be in that parking lot. Why? 
Being homeless looks like a lot of work. I know when I was a kid and I was always seeking shelter when I was out in the streets, that was a lot of work. You had to figure out if where you were seeking shelter was going to be safe, whether it was actually going to be shelter. And you also had to worry about people coming along and maybe kicking you off of wherever you were spending that time. It's not easy being homeless. It involves a lot of work. And if those folks would just change their brains a little bit or their thought process and apply that to a good job, I think a lot of them would be very successful. Back to the original point that comedian Bill Maher and his stinging message to liberals about oppression does not, for the most part, exist in America, despite claims from progressives. So if you're listening around the world and you're thinking that America is going to heck in a handbag and there's no opportunity, there is opportunity. If you're thinking of coming here, please try to come the legal route. Don't jump our borders. You wouldn't want us to do that to your country and destroy your country. But what I would ask is that we welcome folks from other places. We love different cultures. You actually bring something to this country when you come here the right way. Like I said, we welcome you, but don't take advantage of our country because you wouldn't want us to do that to yours. Being homeless is not an easy thing. It takes ingenuity. It takes being crafty. It takes being thrifty. And it definitely takes being in shape if you see some of these people pushing these loaded down carts around. I think there's just better routes to go in a land of opportunity and I call America the land of opportunity. This is the land of milk and honey. And if you don't believe that, turn on the news. This is the only time I'll ever tell you to turn on the news. Although it's a lot of shock value media, truly take a look at what's going on in Afghanistan. Because if you do, you're going to find out that in America, we have really good. And you cannot compare our poverty to Afghanistan poverty. And you can't compare our danger in this country to Afghanistan-type danger. You can't compare the so-called oppression in this country to Afghanistan-style oppression. A good portion of those folks don't even know how to read or write. And the reason they don't know how to read or write is, first, it wasn't provided to them. And then second of all, many of them were scared away from it. That's about all I have to say. For the most part, we're done this podcast. Hey, folks, J.C. Owens and my guest, Robert, we're out of here. And we'll be back with another podcast as soon as tomorrow. So you'll have a great afternoon and be safe out there no matter what you're doing or where you are. Be safe. Hey, we love you. Have a good afternoon. Adios. Thank you for joining us at America's Independent Voice. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please take a moment to rate our show. You can find us at americasindependentvoice.com. Until next time, y'all have a great and safe day.